Welcome to this episode of Lifestyle Matters. I'm Savina Nithyanandan and I am once again joined by Dr. Debbie Utama, an obstetrician and gynecologist from Melbourne, Victoria. Welcome, Debbie. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for having me, Savina. Hi, everyone. So today I thought we might talk a little bit about preconception care. Now, I know as a GP, I, I, as a female GP, actually, I have quite a lot of women who fall pregnant, um, but only a handful of them actually come to me for preconception advice and preconception care. What is your experience in this um, area? Do you have a lot of patients who come to you about this? Good questions. I think um, maybe about 50-50. I think, um, you know, certainly a lot of people don't understand or don't realize that um, it's actually really important to see a specialist, or I mean, to see a doctor before um, they get pregnant to optimize their health to, one, improve their chance of getting pregnant as well as to um, ensure that the pregnancy goes well. I think most people don't think that much but um or that far ahead but yes i can't actually stress enough the importance of um seeing someone for pre-pregnancy counseling just to improve your chances of having the best outcome in pregnancy Mm. and i suppose i can i can understand why that is the scenario i mean if you think about our great-grandmothers and you know their their you know ancestors I mean, preconception care was not a big thing back then, you know, you just fall pregnant and there you go. But in life now with, you know, modernization, with technology, with the food that we eat, the sedentary lifestyle mm. that we lead, there are lots more diseases, lots more risk factors we have just brought up, brought on ourselves, which, you know, perhaps our yeah. ancestors didn't have to deal with. Um, and that's yeah. probably one of the reasons why fertility is such a big thing these days, isn't it? Oh, yeah, for sure. And um, there's a lot more things that we know as well about, you know, about medicine, about um, preventative medicine, about um, poor outcomes or like complications that can happen. So um, definitely. And I think it reminds me of, um, you know, the topic of migration about how with, um, in comparison to the past when our ancestors just live where they're born or where the origin of um, their genes, let's say. Um, so kind of like the diet and the lifestyle is, um, is kind of like normal for their body, whether it's with migration. You know, people who have, um, let's say for me, an Asian gene living in a Western society with a Western diet and lifestyle, it's just complicate things. Um, complicates the situation more. a bit yeah 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 so what i i mean if you want to take it down to lifestyle medicine and not medicalize this too much i guess really yeah. in our earlier in our episodes we talked about Virgil and myself we sort of spoke about um the uh the three f's and the three s's so um the three f's being feet uh being that being exercise um fork being what we eat and fingers being all the recreational things, you know, smoking and alcohol. Um, okay. And the three S's were stress, you know, stress obviously can affect your um, chances of falling pregnant, sleep, getting adequate adequate sleep, and socialization, which also comes down to, you know, just feeling connected and being happy and having a good social support. Yeah. So I thought we might break that down today a little bit more um, in the light of preconception care. And 
it'll be great if we maybe started with food, which is probably the most (laughs) thing that we all do. We do with it every day. Um, Yeah. So talk us a little bit about how food affects our our chances of, I mean, what should we do in terms of food when we're planning for pregnancy? Yeah. I think um, food is almost like, you know, bread and butter of everything that we do, isn't it? Like literally bread and butter. Um, It affects us in so many ways. Um, And certainly having a healthy diet, um, just like with everything, just like with normal things that we do in life is really important. Um, I think there's there's little evidence as to what actually um works in terms of like preconception care like you know there's no magic um food there's no magic pill that can help improve fertility and outcome of pregnancy however we do know that um healthy diet means you know low um gi carbohydrate high in unsaturated fat um or even high protein diet more of um plant-based protein instead of animal-based protein um, has a slightly better chance um, with fertility. And um, I think, you know, there's a studies that shows that some data um, that shows Mediterranean diet can help to improve fertility. I mean, again, it's not one equals to one. doesn't mean that if you eat Mediterranean diet, you will get pregnant. But I think it just helps to improve the fertility. And I think, yeah, yeah, I think it's it's pretty much, you know, if we think about it, it's pretty much the same with every other aspect of medicine. Healthy diet full of good vitamins and minerals, really. I suppose when you're adopting like a very a pretty holistic whole food plant based diet, especially you could be consuming a whole lot of like you know your vitamins and minerals, so like your iron, your folic acid, your vitamins. You're getting all those yeah. naturally from these food products mm. and less processed yeah. versions of them too. So which is really important. So yeah. that they're not packaged and saturated with a whole lot of salt and sugar. Um, so that's all going to be helpful. Um. And I guess that yeah. translates to really, you know, if you're eating really well, you know, your chances, as we know, 80% of someone trying to lose weight comes down to nutrition, um, weight loss. Mm. So, you know, and that comes to, we'll come back, come to that in a bit. But I guess what I wanted to just point out is food is so important because it also translates to weight. Yes, for sure. And I think, again, with preconception planning or even in pregnancy, um, the it's really you know, ideal to have uh, to optimize our weight because being overweight or even being underweight can affect our chances of getting pregnant and having a healthy pregnancy. Before we move on to that, Mm -hmm. oh, sorry, carry on. Maybe you're going to make the same point I was going to make. (laughs) Yes, maybe. I was just going to make a point about vitamins and minerals that um, that was a really good point, actually, that, you know, how pregnant women are, oh my God, um, we have to, start taking uh, multivitamin and there's so many multivitamins out there and everyone is like, oh, what's the best? Um, and again, I think if you are trying to get pregnant, um, the only recommended um, supplement to take is folic acid um, to start at least three months before conception to prevent um, needle tube defects. Whereas with other multivitamins and supplements, it's really not, um, it's really not a must, it's really not recommended unless 
um, you don't have a good diet. So it is still better to have a good diet to get all that vitamins and minerals rather than taking a supplement. And it's probably a lot cheaper too. Hmm. Yeah. I guess my caveat with the diet before we moved on to weight was, um, um, you know, the usual things which I think most women know about, like, you know, avoiding your soft cheeses, your cold cured meats and fish, yeah. you know, with we also emphasize on eating fish as part of a normal healthy based diet, you know, reducing a red meat consumption and fish. The one thing we just need to be mindful of is the fact that, you know, we should reduce our consumption of fish that's high in mercury. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought that might just be a little thing that I might want to add there. The internet's a wide, you know, wide source of information. Um, there are various websites, trusted websites that, you know, you can look at the types of fish that are high in mercury and things, but I just mm. wanted to add that in there with the diet. Um, yeah. yeah, good point. Yeah. So you were talking about being overweight and how it increases, you know, if you reduce weight, what, 5 to 10%? um yeah. weight loss um improves yeah. your chances of um falling pregnant um, and that's the same advice we give to someone with polycystic ovary syndrome if we go back to yeah. the last episode um tell us more about what you what your th- take is on weight and conception yeah so again um like i said having an an ideal weight or optimizing your weight pre-pregnancy is really ideal because um being overweight and being underweight has risks associated with them um, with, you know, it, it reduces your chance of getting pregnant. I suppose with being overweight, it has got to do with um, insulin resistance and the whole PCOS um, cycle or pathway that then reduces your ovulation and therefore reduces your fertility. And if um, you don't ovulate, then your chances of getting pregnant is there and I think the same with being underweight I think the body just perceives that okay if you're underweight maybe then um there's so much stress in the body that um you're also not ovulating your um pathway your ovulation pathway is also shut off and therefore um not allowing ovulation and if you don't ovulate you can't fall pregnant either so that's why having a you know, optimal weight is ideal. Um, so yes, you know, this is something that again can be discussed during preconception care, knowing what your ideal um, weight is to first of all achieve um, pregnancy. And we also know that you know, women who are underweight is at risk of developing small for gestational HPV um, that can um, lead to issues such as preterm birth. Um, and women who are overweight is also at higher risk of having, um, you know, risk of miscarriage, risk of preterm birth, risk of gestational diabetes, and the list just goes on and on and on as well. And then when you develop diabetes, that comes with other risks, like once again, preterm birth, miscarriages, um, malformations of the babies, and all those kind of things. That's so right. it kind of just yeah. links one after another. Um, it's interesting. Oh, yeah. There is actually um, there is actually a, a World Health Organization Commission on Childhood Obesity. So they actually listed yeah. preconception care as actually one of the important strategies to actually try to break the cycle of this non-communicable disease because it's not an infectious disease. It is so much lifestyle. Um, and they've 
emphasize that, you know, if someone gets good preconception care, the chances of having diseases, you know, that can link on from there is much lesser. So um, it's it's interesting that they've classed, there's actually a class, you know, a commission from the World Health Organization with that. Yeah, and we know that, um, you know, the baby, um, the what baby is exposed to during the pregnancy is very important to determine their um, future health as well. Yeah, yeah. So it's basically if a mom's already overweight or obese during conception, the chances because of something they call it the fetal programming. So because they already use they're in a certain environment um, that increases their risk of having, you know, developing cardiometabolic diseases like diabetes, heart disease. Yeah. So, you know, it's a childhood diabetes. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just things that you don't actually think about when you're falling pregnant. You think, right, I'm overweight, so it's going to be hard to fall pregnant. But yeah, I've fallen pregnant, but you don't actually think about the sequelae of the onto the child yeah. um when you're pregnant when you're falling pregnant when mm. you're obese. Um, but yeah, what I mean, what are your thoughts about um? Because I mean, I read this. It was something about dads when dads are also obese. That can also affect um, uh, potentially affect. Uh, chances of a childhood obesity in the child um, and that came down to was it query genetics or was it just the fact that they're growing up in an environment where you know both parents are obese and this is the diet they leave this is the lifestyle they lead and there you have a child that's used to this environment like that um, do you have any thoughts on that uh, the same I think we don't know much but certainly um, parents who are overweight or obese tend to then have children who, you know, who have um, issues with childhood obesity or have, like you said, an early programming of um, of life um, of or, or diseases that they can be exposed to, and we don't know whether yes, it is it due to genetics, um, but I think a lot of that is mostly due to lifestyle um, because that's what the children are exposed to. I mean, yeah. I think. Having the genes is one thing, um, but you also need to have enough exposure to um, to allow that to happen. So yeah, it is definitely. a complicated it is a complicated topic and um, yeah. it's complex. And certainly, we are learning a bit more about it each time, each day. Yeah, yeah. So mm. moving on to exercise, we'll just quickly touch on that. I mean, um, current recommendations are pretty much standard. Um, thirty yeah. minutes five times a week, um, of moderate yeah. intensity or seventy five minutes a week of rigorous intensity. Obviously, if you're not used to doing high intensity workout, don't start doing high intensity workout. You know, I guess especially yeah. if you're already pregnant, do what your body is used yeah. to. Um, yeah, and also avoiding contact sport. You know, so don't go playing touch footy and things. And then if you fall pregnant, you know, all those injuries and things like that. But um, is there anything else you'd like to add on to that before we moved on to the next thing on exercise? Yeah. So with exercise, um, that is mostly up for pregnant women, um, but only if your pregnancy is pretty much uncomplicated. So if you have issues with pregnancy, you know, such as with recent birth or bleeding in pregnancy, low-lying placenta, and again, the list can go on and on. It is best to discuss with your healthcare providers um as to whether the generic um advice for exercise uh you know applies to you yeah yeah and in pre-pregnancy care 
Um, if again, I think it is also good to tailor it accordingly. So if you are overweight, and obviously we are encouraging weight loss before um, trying to conceive, then yes, maybe this is a good time to join the gym to start some um, high intensity exercise, and that can sustain your weight through pregnancy. Um, but definitely don't pick it up if you are pregnant already. And then on the flip side, right, again, like we're talking about women who um, are gym junkie or, or are athletes. And in these women that, um, you know, there is high intensity exercise that it goes the opposite way um, to the point that they, again, don't ovulate and um, don't have regular period and therefore can't get pregnant. So, again, it's about finding the right balance of exercise as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's all a bit of this and a bit of that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um. So let's. So we've covered the feet. We've covered the fork. We've covered um. Well, the weight and everything comes with it. Let's talk about yeah. the fingers. Alcohol and smoking common things that yeah. you know we use. Um. And yeah. lots of you know, what well, I think ten percent of pregnant women actually smoke. Um, a higher amount actually drink alcohol because it's not conceived mm. as oh it's as bad as smoking. But what are what's your what are some advice that you would give to women who are planning to fall pregnant in this domain? Yeah. Stop smoking. Can't, <laughs> can't emphasize that enough. Easy, easy. I like I don't even have to think about it. So even when you're not pregnant, it's harmful to your health. Um, so. If you are planning to get pregnant, I think it's the time, it's the right time to quit um, while you can. Because um, it's not easy. It's not easy to quit. We know that. So, you know, before having to think about the baby, I think this is the right time to um, start um, putting your act together and stop um, smoking. Because, um, one, it's good for you. It's good for the baby. And it also improves fertility. We know that um, actually research has shown that women who smokes and partner who smokes um, have we you know reduced rate of fertility, hmm. and even if they're pregnant, they have a higher risk of um, ectopic pregnancy because there's a risk that the tubes are not working properly because of the smoking effect. Hmm. So yeah, so can't emphasize enough, and certainly. Um, you know, smoking in pregnancy is harmful for baby um, and that puts, you know, baby at risk of um, IUGs, um, preterm birth, and just imagine the environment that these babies in, all that smoke pollution. And I guess that the same thing, given that we talk about smoking, one of the other common things that um, people smoke um, would be uh, marijuana. I mean, I mean, we could mm -hmm. also talk about recreational drugs, but I think that's quite a darn obvious. But the other thing is marijuana too. Um, you know, it's yeah. quite commonly used um, and yeah. also that affects, once again, fertility and um, pregnancy yeah. and all that sort of stuff too. Yeah. What are your takes on alcohol, you know, going out for a Christmas function while you're pregnant? <laughs> yeah. Now, I think this is a little bit different in the sense that whether you are pre-pregnant or during pregnancy. Certainly during pregnancy, it's easy. Um. I mean, it's easy either way, but in pregnancy, we the advice is to do, to not drink alcohol at all. I think that's because we don't know 
what is the safe limit mm-hmm. of alcohol for baby um that in that setting the advice is to not drink at all um pre-pregnancy however um this is not quite clear um in a sense that it's not quite clear whether drinking alcohol um reduces your risk of fertility but what we know is that we, what we know is that um heavy drinking pre-pregnancy can reduce your fertility So I think the advice, if you are trying to get pregnant, is to drink moderately. So maybe you know three to um, three to five standard drinks a day. I think a week. I mean, that's I was going to say normal, yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very yeah. yeah. a week, <laughs> yeah. which is the normal um, recommendation anyway. Yeah. Um, but that's only in pre-pregnancy. And I think again, if you know, if you find that oh, okay, yeah, it's been you've been trying for six months, and um, you want to do something about it, then you know maybe cutting down alcohol could mm-hmm. be an option. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but having said that, I think the research basically shows that um, the reduction in fertility is for heavy alcohol intake. Yeah. Okay, and. Yeah. The last one is really um, well, stress and sleep and socialization. So I mean, just mental health, mental well-being. Really, mm. I cannot. Well, as a GP, I cannot stress enough how important that is for you know preconception, being in the right space, treating your underlying. If you've got underlying anxiety or depression or whatever it may be, getting the appropriate help, um, getting on medications if you need to. Um, having counselors, therapists, and things like that to give you the good support, because it can be quite a trying time. I think, you know, we often take preconception, we take falling pregnant quite easy, and it actually can be quite stressful for for some, and it can actually trigger off underlying mental health issues too, um, which then once again will then make chances of falling pregnant harder. So it's just like a vicious cycle too. Um, mm. What would you say on that, on those? Yeah, agree. Like I think with you, I can't stress enough the importance of um, getting your mental health checked um, before pregnancy because, like you say, you know, trying to get pregnant can be really stressful uh, for the couple. Um, and I mean, if everything, you know, first first try, you get pregnant, great. But in most women, you know, once you want to get pregnant, you want to get pregnant. You want it. You want it to happen right now. And sometimes. Okay, it doesn't quite happen straight away, and that can trigger anxiety. Um, and sleepless nights, sleepless put, nights. <laughs> that's right, and yeah. that can put a toll on relationship. Yeah. Um, and even if you know things happen easily, you get pregnant. Pregnancy itself is a very stressful time. Um, the hormones that is being, um, the hormones that causes changes in the body can. Cause a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety mm-hmm. to women. Um, you know, there's women who feel that they have lost control of their body. There's nausea, vomiting, um, the sleepless nights can be really um can put a toll on the body as well as on the on the mental health. Yeah. Um, and I think just you know the thought of like, oh, is my baby okay? Am I doing right? You can't help it. It's just part of pregnancy. But if you have an underlying anxiety that's not being controlled, or you don't have Ways to manage it. This is when we see women get into depression, mm. um, and certainly we know that that can happen. And um, 
we always check on you know women's mental health the moment they book in pregnancy mm-hmm. again um, around the 28 weeks check and after the baby is born as well because it just it one just leads to another that sudden um, drop in and, the hormones post pregnancy can or yeah yeah Yep. And the sleepless night. Oh my yeah. goodness. <laughs> yeah, because we know yeah. that sleep is so important. That's when our body repairs itself. It yeah. sort of fixes the hormone che- levels, everything get back in check. And if you have disrupted sleep, that's not going to happen very well. And you're just going to wake up yeah. feeling worse and more on edge. Yeah. yeah. And I always tell um, you know, my patients that at the end of the day, we want a healthy mom physically and mentally to be able to look after the baby. Yeah. Um, so if you need to take medication to achieve, um, you know, good mental health, that is safe in pregnancy because that's better than a mom who's not functioning and can't look after the baby well. Yeah. Yep. And I think one last point I'd like to add with that is that there is actually also research to show that, you know, um, you know, some moms will be like, oh, I want to be on medication because it might affect my pregnancy, the growth and things. But we also know that severe untreated depression can also have physiological effects on the growth oh, of the yeah. baby. So, you know, risks and benefits. Speaking yes. to your healthcare provider, what is the right option for you is so important. And I think these are all such mm. important things that we need to talk about in a preconception care. Um, yeah. Anything else you'd like to add before we wrap things up, Debbie, today? Because I think no, that was I think, actually... I think- Covered everything in a very quick. <laughs> yeah, 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 I agree. Yes, yeah. we are very succinct today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's it's. I think the highlight of it is really, you know, the, there are modifiable risk factors that we can actually get control of. Speaking to your provider, maybe your GP or maybe your obstetrician. Um, talking, having an appointment for preconception care is important. Um, because there are lots of things you can yeah. do before you try to fall pregnant to increase your success and, you know, have a healthy, happy pregnancy. Um, well, thank you so much for joining us again today, Debbie. Um, I look forward to chatting with you at some point. That's all for today's episode on Lifestyle Matters. Thanks for watching. Till next time.